0: This is Live is Mike. Live Mike yes, with Lee Lonsberry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I am Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. You're listening to episode 10 of this new program here on KSL News Radio. I'm grateful to you for tuning in. This segment and the next, we are going to spend dedicated uh, talking about uh, refugees and the circumstances here in Utah that make it a well-equipped, uh, well-prepared and attractive place for refugees uh, to resettle. This stems from an executive order uh, uh, given down by the president in September of this year. It made the requirement be that for for refugees to come into the United States uh, to arrive in certain regions, certain cities... It would require the sign-off of the state and local government. So that's the executive order. Uh, President Trump said that refugees are fine to come as long as the governor and the municipalities involved uh, said okay. Well, not long after that executive order was handed down, a letter was drafted by Governor Gary Herbert saying, hey, our doors are open, you send them our way. And then, lastly, uh, more recently this month, uh, a letter sent to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, uh, signed by the Utah County Board of Commissioners, says that uh, in reference to Executive Order uh, 13,888, on enhancing state and local involvement and resettlement, our doors are open. You send them here. Utah County is ready to receive refugees. Well, on the line now, we have uh, a former refugee, Leonard Bagawa. He is the founder of Utah Valley Refugees, uh, but was a refugee himself who left the Democratic Republic of Congo uh, to come to our nation, the United States of America, and specifically to Utah. Uh, sir, I'm grateful to you for joining us. Uh, how are you?
1: I am doing good. Thank you.
0: May I ask you uh, to tell us sir your experience as a refugee. What uh, what circumstances did you flee and why uh, did you come here to the United States?
1: Yes, um I um I left uh, my country, my home country Democratic Republic of Congo in 1997 when we had a war. Um that was opposed to the current government at the same time uh the country was called zaire so that um, so i was uh, forced to join a, a military i was a child soldier and after i escaped so i um, i ended by going to the refugee camp in uh, in malawi and then i was also um, uh, relocated in, uh, uh, in a different refugee camp at the same time in uh, in Zimbabwe so, um, because the refugee camp was too full in Malawi, so I ended by going to Zimbabwe.
0: When did you first in your life hear about a place called Utah?
1: Um, I came to Utah in, uh, um, uh, in 2004, but I didn't know about Utah before
0: until I came here. How have you felt? Have you felt welcomed here in Utah?
1: Um, at the first time, yes, I did. And at the same time, was kind of uh, worrying because um, it was a, a new place and uh, refugee life, so it wasn't uh, shock, culture shocking. And so yeah, but yeah, I felt welcomed. And, uh, but things were really hard because I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't speak English, yeah. and nothing was going
0: well. T- talk to us a little bit about those challenges. W- w- you have to set up a life for yourself. You need some place to live. Uh, you eventually will need uh, to-, to find some work uh, and to-, to-, to earn a living for yourself. W- what were those challenges you faced when you first arrived?
1: Um, so it was, uh, uh, it was hard uh, the first time. Uh, in like language uh, barrier was a, a big challenge. And also the culture, the, the system is too big uh, for us. So imagine yourself from a refugee, from a, a third world country in the village to a refugee camp, uh, to in the third world, and then they brought you in the first world country. So it was hard. It was hard, um, and uh, um, I actually ended by uh, being homeless uh, because I couldn't afford to pay a lot of things. But um, thank goodness, uh, some good people took me in their house and. Uh, and things was really um, things become better uh, than it was before, and that was the beginning of my life in the United States.
0: When you left the Democratic Republic of Congo uh, in '97, did you did you have family, sir? Did you have a wife and children yet, or what? What, uh, what was your familial circumstance then?
1: I didn't have any family uh, when I um, uh, when I came here. I was single. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was twenty four years old, and. Uh, um, I had family in the in the Democratic Republic of Congo, but I wasn't sure. in contact with them until uh, um, until later on. I think it was two thousand eight. That's the time I got in contact with them after four years, um, and then uh, um, so I, I go. I ended up getting. I got married here. Um, I got married here in uh, two thousand eleven.
0: You eventually did overcome that homelessness uh, when you arrived here in the United States and uh, went on to do some good work with an organization called Utah Valley Refugees. Uh, will you tell us about overcoming that homelessness and ultimately going on to, uh, to work with this uh, great organization?
1: Yeah. Yes, when I was, uh, after I overcome the homelessness with the help of uh, a good friend of, of mine, um, I, uh, I ended by going to school and I got a bachelor's degree at Utah Valley University in public health. And when I was looking for a job, I decided to go back to, uh, the refugee industry and kind of help, uh, my fellow brothers and sisters, uh, and use my knowledge. And when I went to Salt Lake County, start working for, uh, with refugees over there. And I found out that, uh, the problem I had when I came in this country uh, the same problem where refugees are still having. Uh, people are still kind of the system is too big for them. They are confused.
0: Uh, the people, language and housing.
1: Housing, yes, of course. Every, every, everything like it's just confusing. Educational, uh, pro, small, small things like how to take the bus to, uh, how to do my doctor's appointment. So I decided to, um, uh, to open um, an organization called Utah Valley Refugees. To uh, help them uh, overcome those small, small uh, things, which uh, our goal was to uh, help refugees first uh, have a place to live, a home, and then second, um, uh, employment, and then uh, and then third, we uh, kind of uh, help them to get uh, health care, like educating them, and, and then after that, we. Educate them and with small things like ABC. Or we have people who are going to Utah Valley University as well. So I kind of felt that that was the need uh, most refugees uh, need. Right. And uh, so that's how I end by starting the Utah Valley Refugees.
0: Governor Herbert and the Utah County Commission have both made it known to uh, the White House and the Department of State uh, that uh, that Utah County. Uh, the doors are open to receive uh, refugees allowed to enter into the United States. Uh, That will likely mean uh, an added burden uh, on your organization. Are you ready to receive an influx of refugees?
1: Yes, we are ready. We have been ready for a while, and we are ready uh, to receive refugees um, because um, no matter what challenges we have, is always uh, being uh, in the uh, area like uh, Utah County or Provo, or even Salt Lake City, is better than being in the refugee camp. Sure, I think uh, uh, no matter how people suffering, uh, no matter what is going on, I think uh, uh, the best is still better for them to be here than being in the refugee camp. And I think we are ready to offer a little we can offer to help and um, and make them move on on their own uh, on their own feet.
0: Uh, We've been speaking to Leonard Bagalwa. He is uh, a refugee from many years ago who came here to the United States, uh, got an education uh, at Utah Valley University and uh, put together an organization called Utah Valley Refugees, which now is likely to be on the receiving end of an influx of refugees after the Utah County Commission and the state of Utah has made it known uh, that we are uh, ready and willing to receive refugees. Uh, Sir, one last question before I let you go, and I'm grateful. to you for spending this time with us. If, uh, if folks listening to this broadcast right now would like to help your organization help refugees, how can they do so?
1: Well, first uh, uh, things uh, would be uh, to help refugees. the People uh, will have to be their friends to know how to help them, and um, uh, the best way is to uh, come to the or to the office to the organization and learn how they best can help. Uh, like in a area of volunteering, um, like sharing their knowledge they have with them, like, uh, job connections and, and any other things. So when I mean helping refugees, I always mean small, small things. Those things we take for granted are the, what refugees need. Like uh, showing them how to do job interview or telling them, uh, connecting them with a job or uh, like uh, taking them to doctor's appointment. So, yeah, that would be the best thing for now uh, uh, for refugees um, and like anyone else who is uh, a foreign in the country. I, so I think uh, that would be the best way to, to be. be a friend of somebody
0: so you can know how to help them. Very good. Lender Bagawa has been our guest, sir. I'm grateful to you for your time.
1: Thank you so much. I'm glad um, I can help. Thank you.
0: Uh, this is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. In our next segment, we're going to continue this conversation, this time with a member of the Utah County Commission. Nathan Ivey will be our guest. He's going to talk about what is special about Utah County and why the Commission believes that it is well-suited to receive these refugees. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Live Mike's the name of the show. We've made it to episode 10. That's double digits. We'll see if we have energy afterwards. We'll celebrate. Here, we'll get a cake or something. Uh, Listen, this, uh, this segment, we are talking about something very important. Uh, a few months ago in September, towards the end of September, President Donald Trump put forth an executive order, uh, which he titled Executive Order on Enhancing State and Local Involvement in Refugee Resettlement. Uh, The concept is simple. you know, the president has, uh, in the past, uh, put prohibitions on uh, certain groups of, of refugees. Uh, well, now things are a little bit different. He says uh, that if if a state and a municipality, uh, or in this case a county, is willing to be on the receiving end of refugees, if that state and county or municipality makes it known to the Department of State, well then... Uh, it'll be just fine and those uh, refugees will be able to make their way uh, here into our country uh, and into these uh, communities. Well. Not long after the president put forth that executive order, uh, Utah Governor Gary Herbert signed his name to a letter addressed to President Trump saying, uh, thank you for your willingness to work with governors and solicit our imports and expertise on policies that impact the state. He goes on to uh, express very basically that Utah's doors are open to refugees. You send us your tired and your weary and we will take care of them. The next uh, requirement, uh, according to the executive order by President Trump, was to get the sign off of uh, the municipality. Uh, And Utah County uh, has done just exactly that, sending a very brief letter to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. It reads, this letter is in reference to Executive Order 13888. As chairman, uh, so so Tanner Aynes, chairman, signed this on behalf of the whole board. It says, as chairman of the board of commissioners of Utah County, Utah, I consent to initial refugee resettlement in Utah County as per the terms of the executive order in accordance with federal law. On the phone now, we have one of the commissioners in Utah County, Nathan Ivey. Sir, I'm grateful to you for joining us. Thank you.
2: Hey, thanks for the opportunity. My honor to be on to talk about this very important issue.
0: Let me ask you very basically, why do you support this?
2: Uh, very basically, uh, this valley, uh, Utah Valley in particular, Salt Lake Valley, uh, also has always been a place where people could come for safety. Uh, the original settlers of, of Provo, which included some of my great-grandparents, came here in the, you know, 1847, 1848 to a place of safety and refuge where they could pursue freedom. Uh, and escape persecution and and it's still that today. It's still a valley where those who are fleeing persecution uh, for whatever it might be, their religion, their sexual orientation or or political affiliations can come and find safety and an opportunity to, to assimilate into American life and pursue the the promise of America and and all that it has
0: to offer. Outstanding. We spoke in the last segment, not sure if you had a chance to listen, but uh, to a gentleman named Leonard Bagawa, who was a refugee himself. Uh, He fled the Democratic Republic of Congo, ultimately ending up in uh, Utah Valley. He went on to, found after an education at Utah Valley Valley University, went on to found uh, Utah Valley refugees, and has a lot of resources available to folks. Uh, Beyond that, sir, why is uh, Utah County equipped and ready to receive uh, what may very well be an influx, uh, a dramatic influx, uh, of refugees?
2: Well, first of all, I think it's important to point out that in in Utah County, we have a large variety of of very good nonprofit organizations that service these types of communities. And so we have a volunteer base, uh, a nonprofit base, that's going to be able to reach out and help these people assimilate. Uh, just as the success story you shared, we have wonderful education opportunities uh, through UVU and, and other higher institutions of learning where these people can come and improve their skill set and gain an education and, and have meaningful employment. There's a support system of local residents and nonprofit organizations in place to help them through this process. And so it's, what I think is unique about Utah County is it's not government central, it's people central. And, and they're going to be connected and building that human network that's going to be able to support and sustain them through this transition in their life into, into successful Uh, into a successful life and a successful American experience because of the goodness of the people, not because of our government programs, but because of the nonprofits and the good people that live here that are going to help them.
0: As we spoke to Mr. Bagawa in the previous segment, he talked briefly about some of the challenges he faced uh, when coming here to the United States, uh, leaving a third world country and coming here into an established first world country. He spoke very basically about uh, language challenges, uh, where to seek medical care and employment and such like that. As folks, uh, as the community members, again, extra governmental types, uh, as they look at their own resources and time and say, I'd like to get involved, I'd like to help, I'd like to be uh, a charitable, someone who uh, lends a hand to these refugees. W- what type of, of service might be rendered by someone seeking to, to, to help out?
2: Well, I, I think one of the first ones that you brought up, actually, is, is the vast diversity of languages that we have here. Uh, obviously, we have a, a high concentration of, of people at Brigham Young University and at Utah Valley University who have recently uh, served their church abroad. And they have a vast variety of language skills. And that's one of the hardest barriers to overcome is language. And so we have uh, people here who have those language skills. And, and so they'll be able to reach out to the various nonprofits and, and use those language skills to help these people assimilate On the phone. And, and overcome that huge hurdle. And we have that, you know, just organically here.
0: We're speaking with uh, Nathan Ivey, is a member of the Utah County Commission. Uh, they recently, the commission sent a letter to the State Department, uh, informing uh, Secretary of State Pompeo uh, that Utah County's doors are open to receive uh, refugees into the county. They are equipped and ready and willing. That comes after a letter from Governor Herbert to the President of the United States, saying we are uh, ready to receive. Our doors are open. Those are two of the requirements uh, laid out in an executive order by President president trump uh, regarding refugee resettlement uh utah is ready and willing to receive uh folks let me ask you this a difficult question not asking you to speak on behalf of anyone else but in the text of the executive order it does l- leave uh space for communities n- not to be willing or rather to uh, uh you know be silent uh, and that may be because of I don't know, uh, the belief held by some that uh, certain localities or communities may not uh, be either willing or able. The question I'm getting to here is Did you face any pushback as you were considering this? Were there folks you spoke to who said, hey, maybe we hold off a little bit?
2: Uh, so actually, no. Uh, I, I hadn't received any opposition by email or. Or anyone contacting my office about this before or after its passage, um, you know, the social media reaction has been overwhelmingly positive and supportive, and I think that's because people in this valley recognize that that we are established. This whole entire community was established by a band of refugees, and and so helping people is dear to our hearts. And so when it comes. You know, when there's an opportunity presented to us to help people, uh, given our history and and where we've come from, we're happy to extend that hand out to those people and and help raise them up.
0: Commissioner Avi, I'm grateful to you for joining us. It's an important topic. you you mind if I stay in touch with you over the next little while to see uh, if uh, an influx certainly does appear and if there's any extra help you might need or uh, just getting general updates on the state of things? We'd love that. Excellent. Uh, we've been speaking to Commissioner Nathan Ivey from Utah County, talking about refugees. Utah County is uh, likely going to be on the receiving end of a good number of refugees after an executive order by the president was handing down, handed down, uh, saying, yeah, refugees can come just fine, uh, whatever. Uh, but the state... And the county or city must uh, sign off on that. That has been the case here in Utah. Uh, Utah County specifically uh, has said, send us your tired and your weary and your cold, and we will open our arms and take care of them. In our next segment, uh, a very interesting topic here. I'm going to tell you what. It was the headline that caught my attention. There's a community garden looking to grow, uh, and the cost uh, is pretty high. We're going to see uh, if if that cost is justified or, or what the, they'll be spending that money on next here on Live Monday. Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.